This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Back of the Nest Preview Show. Sponsored by Pitch Sport. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com Welcome one and all to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host Terence Ford and it should be a far, far more buoyant show this week as we come off the back of a five-star performance in the black country. That being said, Esketh is here, so who knows? One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Book Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yes, welcome everyone. Uh, this is take three or four, I think, uh, but you don't know that. We're just having lots of technical problems. Um, Heskiff, last week's show, we were so, so, so down on Roy after talking of historically looking back at all of his shortcomings as a manager. And he goes and turns in a five, five goal performance, our first ever in the top flight, and gets us off to the best ever top flight start for us. Insane. Is it? Is he done this to deliberately piss us off? Yeah, yeah, he has. Uh, I've got a good authority that he's a, an, an avid listener of the previous show. Uh, mm. Like the cut of our jib, thought he'd teach us a lesson. Yeah, well, uh, he's got the keys to Croydon, uh, so he, he always comes in for the show. He sits in the sits in the back of my office and listens um, as I'm recording. So, yeah, he was, he was very tough on me last week. Um, Albert, welcome in. Hello, hello. Can you hear us? Yep. Great stuff. Loud and clear, my friend. Uh, You were wolfing down some pizza before you came on. Uh, Yes, yes, uh, I was. And like we were talking about the first time we recorded this, it had, um, what did we say about it? It had, yeah, truffle on it. Truffle? Yeah, yeah. Mm. This is what you say about the truffle shuffle. (laughs) <laughs> yes this is this is this is the point where i says trouble shuffle no right so but it was a co-op pizza it was truffle then we said you um, did the truffle shuffle um i finished yeah. I, I was drinking a pacifico that's now we're long gone because yeah we're now on take three um yeah uh, other than that good vibes I'm, I'm drinking a pink lemon days which uh yeah, daiquiri not... flavored yeah, strawberry lemon daiquiri Berliner Weisser, mate, from I've the heard. Magic Magic Rock Brewing Company. I've heard of that. Mm, yeah, well, it's delicious. Uh, and um, 
then I believe we said that Heskiff doesn't eat salted caramel Lindor chocolates because his teeth are falling out and he's drinking a glass of water. Uh, all, all absolutely correct. And I'm glad that we're missing out. The other thing that we talked about, because I don't want to get in trouble with my wife tomorrow, but that in itself sounds like... Uh, Worse than it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, my wife's got a hangover and she won't be happy that I've said it. It's our anniversary tomorrow, so I've got to be really nice. Mm. But you've, you've said it anyway. <laughs> but your wedding anniversary means the anniversary of Hull 3, Crystal Palace 3, when um, Fraser Campbell saved your wedding day. He did. Well, hang on. <laughs> this is what Vanessa doesn't like me saying. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that rope. You just hang yourself with it, mate. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> My wedding day was absolutely brilliant. Whether Fraser Campbell saved it or not, I mean... <laughs> It doesn't need saving. It was great. Move, move on, move on. <laughs> move, move on, move on, indeed. Um, so you may remember last week that I said as a dress rehearsal for the upcoming Spurs game, I was going to go and watch some live football. And I went to the National Sports Centre down at Crystal Palace to watch Croydon against Newham Athletic. Um, and wow, what a game I got. Uh, I joked on the pod last week that hopefully it would be a roaring 4-3. And that's exactly what it was. And Newham Athletic raced into a 3-0 lead uh, before half-time. And um, 70 minutes in, it was still 3-0 to Newham Athletic before Croydon started their fight back, which culminated in an 89th-minute winner lobbed from 30 yards. Uh, It was just an absolutely unbelievable game and um, probably shocks me more than Palace scoring five the next day, to be honest. Um, Albert, any chance we're going to get some of that excitement at Sellers this weekend? Mm, An exciting 4-3, no. No. Mm. And, And if we did, let's be honest, we wouldn't be on the right end of it. Yeah, well, yeah, probably. Well, I was saying that with the way Spurs have been playing and Marino and all of that, I, I highly doubt it. But yeah, just absolutely unbelievable, um, even to the extent that Newham, uh, who hadn't got out of their half in the second half, uh, it got to 3-3 and then they decided, oh, we, we should probably try and score <laughs> from their first attack. They won a corner and um, half the Croydon team stayed up the pitch. Most of Newham came forward for the corner. Uh, they win a flick on at the near post but because there's no Croydon defenders in there. Um, it causes an offside. So the guy who touches in at the back stick is offside. Goalie immediately rolls the ball, uh, kicks it downfield where it's basically only Croydon players. There's a mix-up between the one centre-back and the goalkeeper. And there's the Croydon captain on hand who missed the penalty earlier in the game um, to lob the loose ball over the goalie from 30 yards, just nice and high over the goalkeeper, built up all the sorts of suspense as you're waiting for it to go in. And 213 people in attendance who basically do not care about Croydon or Newham were going absolutely bonkers. There was pitch invasions a lot. Um, so Heskiff, I mean, uh, I don't know what, what Sellers is going to do on the weekend, but I don't think I'll ever live up to it. <laughs> I mean, there won't be a pitch invasion for me because they, they put me up in the upper tier. So oh dear, you need to bit... layer up, mate. Yeah, it's going to be a bit of a kamikaze one if I'm doing a pitch invasion from up there. Mm. Um, are you all together? The your bubble or uh, just me and Vanessa? Um, mm. So all, all of my mates are, have got tickets, thankfully, but we're all dotted about upper tier, lower tier, White Horse for some reason. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it'd be a weird one. Yeah, I'm in. Um, I'm in Block E 
row 29. So I think I'm in with the HF now. I'm the HF now. So um, I'll have to, I'll, I'll represent, I'll take my best singing voice. Although, am I allowed to sing? Am I not allowed to sing? Who who, who knows? Um, Hesco, if you were like me, an Academy founder member, did you receive your pin badge in the post yet? Alas, I have not yet received it. Though, strangely, even though we live at the same address, Vanessa got hers and I didn't get mine. Um, our, our postman is quite a chilled out bloke. He sort of delivers a post whenever he feels like it. So there's stuff I'm waiting for, for like, you know, two weeks that hasn't arrived. And then there's stuff that was sent yesterday that comes the next day. So hopefully I'll get my pin badge and letter. Uh, but we'll see. Hmm. Well, it's in the letter that came in, it says that around 1,300 people donated their remaining season to get money to the Academy Founders Project. So um, that's a good, good old chunk of money for them. Some of us accidentally. <laughs> yeah, well... Um, Where's my badge? You, you Are you waiting for one? I don't know. Did, did it default? I'm sure it defaulted to the Academy. Did it? I thought the de- I thought the defaults were to credit off the next season's one. I don't know. Mm. I can't. Well, I didn't. I didn't. Mm. I didn't get any credit off my uh, holding deposit for next season. Let's put it that way. Well, it only takes a phone call or an email to the box office, and I'm sure they'll sort you out. <laughs> yes, maybe. But as I said last week, it's only at this point every week that I remind that that's a situation <laughs> that I'm yet to deal with. <laughs> Well, you might need this pin badge to deflate you after that massive pizza you had. So um, yeah. get on it. It's, it's, it's really important. <laughs> but, um, well, I'm not sure. I talk about the Kuwait and Nguyen game really shocking me and seeing for the first time ever alive a team come back from 3-0 down to win 4-3. But um, maybe it wasn't the most shocking thing of the week, uh, including Palace scoring five. Uh, Zaha would be my queen. Uh, as Martin Kelly plays eight-time UK chess champion Javanka Hauska on a live stream. Now, what? Why? Yeah. I mean, if you'd have told me, not even at the beginning of the pandemic, if you'd have told me, like, last week, you'll be sat watching a live stream of a British chess champion against Martin (laughs) Kelly, I don't know if I'd ever think I'd be that bored to watch it. Bored I was, however, uh, and it was actually pretty good. I mean, I I played chess as a kid to very, very low levels. Uh, and I, so thought I, you, I thought you was going to say if it weren't for injury, you would have made it as a pro. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the trigger finger is gone. Uh, but yeah, so I don't, I don't really get chess. I don't really understand it. But about, I guess Martin Kelly plays... And uh, obviously he got absolutely hammered, but it was it was quite good. She was pretty interesting. She was asking him questions about how good he was in fantasy football, and he was just like, "Yeah, well, I've been injured, you know." So, um, but he said uh, they were sort of like talking about the parallels between chess and football, and he said the defense is like the the pawns on the board, where you know they're protecting everything and trying to keep everything out, and then the the, the what are they called like the pieces at the back of the board are the ones that do the damage and you went you know Zaha would be my queen <laughs> and then obviously just carried on I think Zaha might have something to say about that <laughs> but um I mean I, I was making I was making a lot of jokes basically saying that 
it was immediately obvious in the first game that it was over for him within about five moves and saying <laughs> he hadn't been in that much trouble since he faced Montero at Swansea in the 5-4. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, it was, it, yeah, in, interesting content to say the least. But um, I actually, um, I, I did watch the Queen's Gambit, which is where this has all come from, I imagine. And um, yeah, it was it was really informative. I found her really like she helps my game massively. Um, well, theoretically, help my game when I next play chess because um, I don't get much of it in to be honest. Uh, but there you go, uh, Albert. You any good at chess? Uh, I know what the pieces do. That's about it. I, I can't claim to to be any good or have any form of strategy. Do you, do you reckon there's anything in us doing a live stream of chess? Do you think people would watch it? Heskiff would probably, by the sounds of it. I'd watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What else am I going to do? There's only, there's only one way to find out. Although isn't isn't Patrick O'Connor like a chess teacher? So we can't have him on because he's going to win. So that's that's not good. Mm. But if if it's like Dr versus Albert, I'd, I'd be I'd subscribe. No, I'd take on O'Connor. Bring it on. I don't care. That's fighting talk. Yeah, that is fighting talk. You tell him. I mean, this this is probably going to be consigned to the scrap heap with ideas like Christmas dinner with Neil Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that, that would go quite down that, yeah. that route. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that's a gambit that I'm not taking. <laughs> yeah. What um... is in this bread sauce? <laughs> oh my god! Wow, this uh, rapidly went down the route of. Well, Neil Shipley's white van. Um, right. I bet Let's he likes the porn. <laughs> oh, I'm going to talk about football. So, as I've already said, most points after 11 games in a Premier League season. Five goals away from home for the first time in the top flight. Heskiff, the, what did you make of the performance against West Brom? Uh, yeah, it was second half was was brilliant. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um, obviously, there's a you know the caveat of it being against ten men and West Brom. I mean, not be, not being great. Um, but so, so, but you say that with so historically, what well, I say historically in recent history, we've been awful against ten men. Yeah. So it was quite refreshing to see us open up a team with ten men. It was, it was, and the way that we did it was really entertaining you know we as we talked about on, on previous pods I think we talked about it last week actually about wanting to see Eze sort of come a bit more central and get Benteke in the team that sort of thing and everything just worked really well you know the team the team was ticking nicely they were attacking they, they didn't really take their foot off the pedal even at 3-1-4-1 which was great um, and it was really good to see Benteke score a couple of goals I thought his second goal was brilliant hmm. actually. so yeah, for all our sort of doom and gloom last week, expecting the worst, uh, it was actually a, a really refreshingly good performance. Yeah, but Albert, as Haskiff said there, the second half um, was brilliant. But the first half, before they went down to 10 men, they pulled it back level. Um, and it was a bit same old, same old, wasn't it? Yeah, a little bit. It was kind of, you know, it was we let them get back into the game um, and they were sort of imposing themselves you know, quite quite well. I mean, I, I can't profess to have watched much West Brom this season. I mean, I've, I've seen where they are in the league and you sort of hoped for an easy ride, but we were sort of saying that about Burnley as well, weren't we? And we know how that went. 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think the I thought the red card, I thought the red card was harsh. I think there was there's one camera angle where it looked worse than the other camera angle. It almost felt like two different incidents from two different angles, and obviously that, that you know that does change the game. But um, as as harsh as I thought it potentially was as a as a decision i'm not going to sit here and, and and say oh i wish they kept their 11 men on the pitch because it enabled us <laughs> to go and, to go and sort of play it with a little bit more freedom and i mean as a was was again we you know i think we're going to be going to be repeating ourselves a lot when we talk about Eze's performances but you know he just seemed intent on and he, and he was a bit like this against leeds to be honest but like no matter where he no matter where he picked the ball up he was he just like try and take the most direct route to just to run at the goal you know he wasn't mm. wasn't really you know going down the channels much he was just like right where's the, where's the goal and just and just making his way towards it and trying to find a pass and again some really nice sort of triangles with um with Benteke and Zaha and yeah it was it was it was it was a really really nice to see us again against type you know really really go at a, a 10 man team yeah i think um Benteke allowed Eze to get into positions that Roy clearly wants him to be, which is in the centre of the pitch, more coming in, drifted in from the flank, which he has done with limited success in games uh, beforehand. And I just think just being able to bounce the ball off Benteke as he did on so many occasions and just pick it up or making the runs and really, you know, moving defenders about made a huge, huge difference. And I mean, this, uh, if you think back to lockdown before he got sent off at Villa, Benteke was starting to show some signs of form as well and was really, you know, we uh, we were talking a lot around the time about if we just accept he's not a goal scorer, but he is a battering ram up front who we can, you know, play in and around him. Um, he has a place in the team and I think he showed that again on the weekend. But that aside, there were goals in there, Heskiff, and it was it was clinical Benteke, which is, you know, it he, even he could have had a hat-trick as well if it wasn't for a brilliant clearance off the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but was was there an extra yard in his step? What was it? Yeah, I mean, even the first goal he scored, the header where he sort of stooped down low, you could just see in, in previous seasons when his form was bad and his morale was down, he probably wouldn't have gone for it or he'd have tried to stick out a leg and swiped at it or something. So, you know, it would give him confidence uh, to get those goals. And you, you saw with his, you know, the finish for his second goal that he obviously has confidence to be able to do that. I did think at the time when he did the turn and Ayu was sort of running in, I was like, if Ayu takes this off his boot and misses it, <laughs> it um, but yeah, like you say, that I agree that I don't think we should expect him to be scoring 15, 17 goals, whatever it was he had in his first season. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the last season, I thought I thought he was getting in a lot of good work and helping the team, if not scoring the goals and getting in the goal-scoring positions. But if he can sort of add goals like he did against West Brom here and there, not even you know not even every game, then I think he's going to be a, a useful player for us. And hopefully, like you say, will will enable players like Wilf and Eze to do what they do even more. Yeah, Albert, what did you think of the front four as a whole? It's obviously Townsend dropped was the one who dropped to the bench in the end. So you had Benzeke, Zaha, Eze and Schlupp. Would that would that be your preferred front four? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't lie. When I saw that Benteke was starting and, and our best crosser of the ball in Townsend was on the bench, I, th- I thought, you know, potentially an odd decision um, to not have someone putting the service in. But, 
we sort of, you know, the way we set up with that front four, you know, we weren't necessarily looking to to float balls in in the box to to Christian Benteke to try and get on the end of. Again, it was very much, you know, Christian Benteke wasn't necessarily having to come so deep like he had done towards the end of last season. That he was very much sort of the last man. And again, you had sort of three three buzzy players in Eze, Schlupp and, and Zaha. You know, again, as you described, it's sort of trying to bounce the ball off him and and get in and around him. So whilst on on paper I was a bit surprised that Townsend was off the bench uh, was was off the pitch it kind of you know I, I can't I, you could see what Roy was trying to do and and I you know I just hope I hope that it sticks I know we got a tough game at the weekend but you know we've seen a real glimpse of what what that could do as a four and I think it's 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 probably earned earned the chance to you know to to try and to try and sort of work that way again depending on who the opposition are you know like let's it, it clearly works everybody seems to have a good game um and that, you know and again that's with having RU and Batshuayi and, and Townsend on the bench you know it's, it's 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 not a bad place to be back of the nest sponsored by pitch sport fun time videos choose your match day squad post match ratings and much more available to download on the app store and google play pitch hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mm, yeah, I think um, what was what works well as well is we're, we're playing Schlupp and Eze on opposite wings, as it were, is having Nathaniel Klein in the team. Now, uh, we all know how well Patrick Van Arnholt can get forward. I think he's in our top 10 Premier League goal scorers of all time. Um, as a left-back, he's not bad going. But adding Klein to that mix as well, we just uh, he's just far more dynamic in the final third than Joel Ward is. Um, those two getting in on the overlaps when the other two cut in as, uh, was just brilliant. And uh, that, that Ben Teke goal was just a fantastic team move. It's obviously now finding a way to do that when we're not a man up. Um, it's a lot easier to you know push your fullbacks on when you've got the extra man on the field. Um, so it's trying to be that a bit more brave like that when when we have the, an opposition with a full complement. But um, yeah, lots of definitely lots and lots of bright bright points in that game. Um, so I'm, I, I am a little concerned that. Uh, West Brom were starting to get on top before they went down to 10 men. Um, maybe that would have changed. We don't know. It's all hindsight now. But um, yeah, much much different kettle of fish coming this weekend. Um, Spurs are in, I mean, they're in incredible form. They haven't lost since the opening day of the season when they lost 1-0 to Everton. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven wins and three draws in the Premier League. And they haven't conceded a goal in their last four games, um, which includes 1-0 victory over West Brom, 2-0 victories over Man City and Arsenal and a goalless draw 
at Chelsea, which um, you know, stopping Chelsea scoring is no mean feat at the moment, as they they looked pretty good going forward. Um, now, we we with Spurs is is Harry Kane and Hyun uh, Min Son, uh, eighteen goals between them, thirteen assists between them, most of them to, most of them to each other. Um, Albert, is it a simple case to say that if we stop them, we stop Spurs? It's very simple to say that, but we know it probably won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, you know, it's in a in a slightly, you know, this might be sort of clutching at straws, but, you know, it's probably a bit like Palace of old. You know, if you can stop Wilf, you know, the good, it's a good chance that you're stopping, stopping, you know, anything happening from a Palace side. You know, that's changed in sort of recent weeks, hopefully, with the, the, the additions we've made. But, yeah, ultimately, if you if you can if you can make Harry Kane and and Son have a have a quiet game, yeah, of course you stand a you stand a better chance of coming away with a point, um, or even three points if it, if you if it's a if it's really a lucky day. But they are where they are because they're a quality team, and ob- and obviously it's not just Harry Kane and, and Son that makes that team tick. But again, you know, play the odds, keep those two quiet, you remove a better chance. Mm. Now it's 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 going to be a very interesting game, Hesketh, to see. I want to say who who blinks first, really, in this in this because if if you, you can go find these online, the heat maps from the games uh, where they played Arsenal and they played Man City, you wouldn't expect expect to see Spurs effectively camped in the half, but that's where they've been, and this Mourinho is doing his sort of old parking the bus of old, mm. and um, just sitting in, keeping it very very tight at the back, and then you know having very well structured counter attacks. Um, and, you know, they beat Arsenal 2-0, they beat Man City 2-0. Um, but what's more kind of telling is the the heat map against West Brom where they, you know, struggled to a very late 1-0 win against West Brom. And West Brom were very, very unlucky as well, had chances of their own to get something from that game. It's kind of a bit like us in the sense that when we have more than 50% possession, uh, we don't win, although that, I think, was taken away in the West Brom game on the weekend. But... It's who forces who to have the ball in this game? Who who's going to blink first? Yeah, I actually saw a, a stat um, at the Ar- Tottenham Arsenal game that said Harry Kane had more touches in his own box than the Arsenal box. Hmm. Which tells a story. Um, so you know, I think it's a sort of game where if they score first, it's going to be very very difficult for us because they're happy to just sit back and and defend. Um, and like Albert said, they you know that. Their defence is very good. That it's not just Son and, and Kane, but when you do have those two up front, it does mean that you've got chances in the blink of an eye, you know. And you look at—I mean, you look at Son's goal against Arsenal, which was really, really good. I think that came from an Arsenal attack two passes later, um, you know, and he, he'd scored a screamer. So it's going to be tough, and it'll be interesting to see how we set up. I would imagine it would be a, a little bit more conservative as we usually do against the bigger clubs. Um, but then it comes to, you know, the question again of, do you keep Luca in the team because he was all right against West Brom, but didn't really have much to do? Or do you bring Gyro back in because, you know, our, our attacking play is going to be at a premium and he's more likely to sort of unlock a, unlock a defence than Luca. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see how we line up as well as, uh, you know, the tactics we uh, we employ. Yeah, so 
Uh, we were talking. We've already talked about the front four and how we like the look of that against West Brom. Do you see it? Do you see it changing for this game, Heskiff? Because uh, Schlupp can also, you know, he can rein it in a bit and play a little bit more defensive. So, do you expect to see the same lineup, with the exception of maybe? I, I mean, to be honest, I can't see him changing Luca out. Um, I think once Luca's in and had one decent game, the shirt's always he's the lose. He's the club captain and all that. So, I don't think yeah. um, he's going to be coming out. So, do you, do you expect pretty much the same eleven? I do, I do, because like you say, you know, Schlupi works hard and it was actually really good on the right hand side surprised me how, how effective it was um and we've heard from roy you know that he's been teaching say about the defensive side of the game which is obviously what we all want to hear um but yeah i think he'll keep it you know you win 5-1 you don't really change a team and it's a sort of, i suppose it's a team that i would kind of have expected him to put out against tottenham to be honest so i don't think he will change it um like i say I, i'd probably prefers gyro to be in but um yeah I, I think roy will keep it as is yeah well it'll be interesting to see how we play it though because with spurs, spurs basically playing holberg and holberg holberg and uh, sissoko in front of that back four and also you know the back four including eric dyer in there as well um, as a centre-back, you, you don't want to really be playing through the middle of Spurs. You want to you want to be getting the ball out wide. So it'll be interesting to see if we switch Eze and Schlupp to play more like a right midfielder and a left midfielder and try and get into them down the flanks. Now, obviously, Zaha will be pulling off out wide as he has done as a striker um, in, in those scenarios. But, you know, you just feel like if you can get the ball wide and you can get Benteke onto Dyer in those scenarios and actually put some balls up into the box maybe there'll be some joy there and um a lot of it's going to be about transitions of if we can you know when they get their fullbacks going forward and they commit to their counter attacks can we get the ball out can we steal the ball back off them and you know count counter their counters is going to be where we get some joy i think but it's going to be a very interesting tactical battle that's for sure and um i don't know whether that <laughs> suits suits Roy anymore. Who knows? Is that bit is that be being too harsh, Albert? I don't know. Yeah, I mean in in uh project restart, you know, we were I think we could say we were generally atrocious in most games, but it was against the bigger teams where we sort of came alive and all right, we didn't win anything, but that's where we sort of almost we went at teams more than I expected us to, you know. they're they're the t- they're the games where I thought Oh, we're really going to just sit back here, and it's just going to be a case of absorbing. But you know, we saw that we, you know, we did try and go for teams. So, always capable of uh, springing a surprise. Um, so, yeah, I, I, to be honest, all things considered, with you know, the, the form of Spurs, the fact that you know they they won't want to lose, but at the same time, they'll want to take advantage of the momentum they're on. So, I fully expect it to be quite cagey for the first half, certainly, and then. Some someone's going to try and pull some moves in the second half, and it will it will probably be Spurs. So it's a, I guess it's a case of can we hold our nerve? And yeah, I agree with you. You know, go go down the flanks and 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 try and hurt them that way. You know, we, we're going to have to be on our game. Let's you know we we know that. Yeah, certainly. I mean, if you've watched the Spurs documentary on Amazon, you'll know that. Mourinho prepares a lot for the opposition, so we might see something different from Spurs than we've seen in 
recent weeks against the bigger sides where they've sat deep and tried to hit on the counter um, against Chelsea, barely even trying to get out at their half, you know, just being very, very happy to take a nil-nil. So I think it'll be interesting to see from, like, if you're a Spurs fan watching this game to see how Spurs approach it and, you know, can they come out and get a win? You know, they're setting the pace in the Premier League and if they want to be winning the league, they come into Palace is one of the places they've got to go and get three points in terms of holding that position as much as they say they're not there. So hopefully they'll come out and try to play against us and allow us to hit on the counter as we do so well against the bigger teams and hopefully pick up a result. But um, yeah, it's certainly going to be an interesting one. And I <laughs> so keep harking back, I very much doubt we'll be getting the rip-roaring 4-3 that I got at the National Sports Centre on the weekend. Um well, who else we had in there? So I, I want to talk about Luca a little bit more. <clears throat> Heskiff, what did, what did you think of his performance against West Brom? Is I mean, it, it was bizarre for me that I, I still think, keep thinking about his yellow card right at the end of the game, which just seemed utter, utter madness and yeah. a suggestion that his head's still not in the right place. But um, what, what did you make of his performance overall? I thought his performance was all right. I mean, I... It wasn't brilliant. It wasn't awful. Um, it still has the odd pass going missing, which is a bit annoying. And like you say, the, the, the foul that he picked up with Bookham was just pointless. I just don't know. Like I, at the time, I got pissed off of it, which shows how bad it bad a decision it was. Really. I mean, big shout out to everyone that won money. I saw loads of people on Twitter posting winning better slips because he got booked. <laughs> <laughs> Easy money. Um, yeah. But you know, if we're winning four one five one, I don't know what the score was when he did it. But if like if we're winning that that much that easily, it's just let the guy go past you. It's not gonna make any difference. Mm. Um, so I, 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 he's definitely not hundred um, percent. I'm surprised that he played the whole game. To be honest, I know Jimmy was on a booking, but you sort of think that his energy levels are pretty good anyway. But I think I think it's like you say with Roy. It, if he comes in and he's all right, then that's that. You know, he's back and that's it. And the, the gyro experiment is over. Um, to, probably now we've said that Roy will do what he did last week and mess us around and, and play gyro from the start. But yeah, I think Roy. I think Roy likes Luca in there. Um, and I don't listen to you know. I don't hate Luca at all. I, I like him a lot, and we know that his form last year was a bit crap. Uh, and I would love him to turn it round and, and be really good again. But I just, I, I just think he's too, he's too ponderous on the ball. He's a bit too slow compared to what we've seen with Gyro now. Like we know that what what he can give us, it sort of highlights it even more. So uh, I think he's going to have a tough game against against Spurs because um, Hoiberg and and Sissoka are two good players playing really well, and you know he's going to have to really up his game if he's going to sort of try and boss them around. So it'll be a tough one, but hopefully, hopefully he'll he'll, he'll do it and, and prove us wrong. Yeah, I felt like he was he was a little less ponderous on the ball in the West Brom game, and we we talked about this last week about the lack of movement, and uh, it, it seemed to be that there was far more against West Brom. We uh, buzzing around a lot more, and there was always options for McCarthy and Milivojevic to look for. So um, again, ask <laughs> if has has Roy Hodgson been listening to the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> You'd hope that. I mean, uh, the sort of basic idea that your teammates might run around a bit. Great, <laughs> I would, I would hope they'd know how to do that anyway. But um, yeah, I agree with what you say. I think there was a lot more movement. 
obviously second half, you know, it's going to help that we've got an extra man. Um, but there again, you know, you look at Eze, the way he just sort of stands with the ball and then in the blink of an eye, he's decided he's on his way and he sort of just sort of breezes past four or five players. Um, if we've got movement around him, like with PVA's overlap, like you said, or Will from front of him, he's capable of open, opening opportunities up and, and you know, movement is going to help that and movement is going to get Benteke or Wilf on the end of it. So, Roy, if you're listening, keep it up. <laughs> right. Um, Albert, predictions. What's, what, what's the score going to be on the weekend? Mm. I think, unfortunately, we're going to be on the wrong end of a 1-0. Mm. Yeah, Harry Kane. <laughs> or, well, yeah, Son, Son's normally the one who scores against us, isn't he? Um, Heskip, I, f- I get the feeling it's going to be something similar from you. Yeah, I was, I was going to go. Well, I was, I'll say two 0 I, I don't, I don't think we'll be awful, but I think it'll be a sort of fairly routine. Tottenham will get a fairly early goal, and that'll be the end of it. Mm, yeah, interesting. I don't know. Spurs, uh, one one of their weaknesses this season has been holding on to a lead, apparently. But I think that's according to statistics. And they did throw away a three-goal lead against West Ham, didn't they? So that's probably where all of that's come from. I can't... Um... Well, they were doing that a lot last season, weren't they? You know, that was sort of vintage Spurs last season. They, you know, they looked like they were cruising and end up coming yeah. away with a draw. But they seem to have... Not quite, but they seem to have done something about it, and they, you know, they're they're a much more solid proposition. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't think there's going to be a, a huge margin in it, even if you know, even if we do score, you know, they're very they're very capable of putting two past us. But yeah, you know, we've got nothing to nothing to be sort of scared of necessarily. You know, they're not like they're not setting the world on absolute fire. You know, there's they're top because there's some slightly sort of. There's teams that should be doing better up there, you know. City and Liverpool aren't aren't firing on all cylinders necessarily. So, you know, we we we're capable of giving them a game, but you know, we we have to be we have to be doing ninety percent of things, you know, perfectly to to give a good account of ourselves against a team like that. Yeah, you're right. I, I mean, I I will say nil nil as a more hopeful nil nil, and of course, as as long as the game's nil nil, you're always going to have that opportunity to nick it one nil which is what we did so well uh, last season, well, before lockdown at least. We nicked a lot of games 1-0. So, you know, it's going to be the hope in this one. But as I say, I think it's going to be... Um, we'll, we'll know a lot in the first half when we see how Spurs are going to approach the game and whether it's going to be a sort of cagey affair or whether they're actually going to, you know, come out and say, no, we're top of the league, you're... you're largely shit. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have a go at you. Uh, which, you know, like... Leads me on to the, the final point of seeing Sheffield United's um, record this season in the in the game on Sky on the weekend. They threw up a graphic of Sheffield United this season to date, and um, yeah, I mean it's 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 been a bit of a, a a bit of a tough time for them to say the least. And it was saying one point from ten games is the worst start in Premier League history, uh, second worst start in top flight division history. Four four goals scored, which is the joint fewest in the club's history after eleven after ten games, and they've scored only one goal from open play. And um, Heskiff, they just desperately need to play us. Yeah, I think my entire timeline was just on Twitter with Palace <laughs> fans being like, "When are we playing them again?" <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> yeah, it's not it's not going great for him, is it? But um, we're, we're the with street busters, so if uh, if they're still on, I mean, if they're still on one point or whatever it is when they when they're playing us, they really are in trouble. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't know why we're getting into this, but Albert, how much goodwill does Chris Wilder have? I mean, he's obviously done a fantastic job there and is a Sheffield United fan and so on, but. How, how many more games does he get? I think they've lost 12 or 13, 12 of their last 13. Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I think they're, you know, they, they, I didn't expect them to come up when they did. You know, they, they you know, they, they play this unconventional system in the, in the championship and it served them well last season in the Premier League. And obviously we fell foul of it. Um, but yeah, you know, it gets to a point where sentiment has to go out the window and, I'm sure that I'm sure the the people behind the scenes at Sheffield United will want to stay up, um, but you know at, at least they haven't pulled the trigger you know really early, and they they're obviously going to let him have that whatever goodwill he's built up. I'm sure they're going to let him you know run run that dry before they do something drastic. But um, yeah, they're in a, they're in a terrible state. Well, so we play them on the 2nd of January. So um, just as you've seen the back of 2020, and you're looking bright forward to the new the new year. <laughs> Uh, we'll probably yeah get sucker punch one nil at Salas to um, Sheffield United's first win of the season. But there you go. Um, right, that's pretty much all this week. Um, the review show, of course, will be happening. I mean, there'll be a watch along on Sunday. The game is Sunday two fifteen, isn't it? So it'll be there'll be a watch along on Sunday on YouTube. Um, I would highly recommend getting that on and um, <laughs> turning down the commentators on the TV are useless, having a listen to that. Then the review show will be, I mentioned, churned out maybe Monday night. Who knows? Um, and then we'll be back. Oh, no, actually, it's another double game week, isn't it? So it'll probably be review stroke preview of the West Ham game as we play West Ham midweek next week. So um, look out for that one. I mean... Pff- Albert, we you, you missed it last time, didn't you? Who was it? You didn't even come to Heskiv either. It was me, uh, me, Mike, and uh, hmm. <laughs> I, I think I think I think I'm losing my brain. I can never remember anything. I don't even know what you're you talking go. about. You're talking about going to West Ham. No, doing a re- review show, preview show, because we play West Ham on Wednesday next week. So we're probably going to have to double, double up the shows if we want to get a West Ham preview out there. Yeah, no, we weren't there, mate, were we? We weren't there. No. I don't think. And then, no. And then we'll have to do a West Ham review, Liverpool preview. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. Keep in tune with the social as to find out what we're going to do with that um, time. As obviously with being Christmas as well. We, I assume we're going to be trying to get some Christmas content out there. But keep your eyes peeled on the social as to find out more there. Um, all that's left to say is thank you, Hesketh. Thank you. Thank you, Albert. Bitte schön. Bitte schön. Um, and much, much, much thank, many, many thanks even to Samantha for um, producing in the background. Good luck erecting your sleigh for your Christmas display outside your house tomorrow. And um, until next week, up the palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in?
at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.